In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. So we look at our lives as, as Christians and realize that being a Christian doesn't just happen. You know, it, it, it takes work. It, it sometimes is difficult, sometimes quite natural. But what it is dependent on really is what we take in. That there's, there's this very direct input-to-output relationship. And we'll see that if we, if we take in good things, if we're in good company, if we're in a good setting, if we're doing all of that, then we actually become better. But, but if we're taking in bad things, if we're in bad company, if we're, if we're absorbing negative influences, that impact, impacts our lives as well. So we've got to be very careful. We sometimes think we're totally invincible. We sometimes think we can go through anything at any time and it just won't affect us. But we know for a fact that that's not true. And we've tried it, I'm sure, time and time and time again, where, where if we look after ourselves spiritually, if we're being nourished by the Word of God, if we are looking at our lives meticulously, if we're trying to stay in good company, in good fellowship, if we're trying to stay within the expectations of our Lord of our lives, then, then we, we end up still being the right image and the right likeness and the right presence. But then we sometimes subject ourselves to things that are unnecessary. We go for long periods of time where no more scripture, no more prayer, no more reflection, no more quiet time. We get busy, we get overwhelmed, we are preoccupied. And it really does impact us very, very significantly. If we look at Colossians 2.6, we read, As you therefore have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in Him, rooted and built up in Him and established in the faith, as you have been taught, abounding in it with thanksgiving. Now, that means that to walk in it, you must A, receive it, and B, Use it, utilize it, walk in it. Receiving it is again in at various intervals. So we sometimes receive the initial teaching and, and for our church in particular, we are very, very active in terms of Christian education. So the vast majority of people that have grown up in the church have been part of Sunday school since their infancy and go through their childhood, their adolescence, their youth and so on. And even people, when they come into the church, you have various things. You have fellowship meetings like this, you have Bible studies, you have liturgies with sermons. So that's one way of receiving. But there's another thing we must receive as well, and that is we must receive daily. If we consider it as sustenance for our bodies, um, you wouldn't just eat on a Sunday and expect to live for the rest of the week. But that's what we try to do sometimes. Whether it's liturgy on a Sunday or a Bible study or a grapevine or whatever we do, we take that one very rich meal and we think we'll live on that. To a certain extent that's true because it remains with us. So you may hear a very good sermon on Sunday and it touches you for the rest of the week. But it's not enough because you are going to be impacted for the rest of that week by things. And it's going to take 
a little bit away from what you've received every time. So the fact that we are impacted means that we need to be nourished as well, just as with your own bodies, you walk and talk and go to work and, and exist every day, and that takes energy, which means it needs to be replenished. Don't forget that living in the world today takes energy. It takes significant energy. You know, it takes a lot of energy to try to do the right thing and say the right thing and not react in the wrong way, to be gracious, to be loving, to be forgiving. You know, it takes a lot of energy for someone to rub you the wrong way, to say the wrong thing, to attack you, and you just don't respond. Or you respond graciously. Or you forgive. So, when we read this epistle of the Colossians, and we read that you've received Christ, so walk in Him. And that's important. Because receiving isn't enough. Receiving is great. Receiving is wonderful. But it's not enough. Because receiving in itself means that we have the gifts and the grace and the talents. But just like the good stewards, in receiving those talents, we need to work with them. And, of course, we need to work for others, but first and foremost, we need to work for ourselves. So walking with him personally means I'm loving, I'm forgiving, I'm sacrificial. Walking with him personally means that I have my eye on him throughout my life, on a daily basis. And, you know, I've said to you time and time again that we like making these lifelong commitments. You know, I'm going to do this for the rest of my life, or at least for the next two weeks. But we don't think about it on a daily basis. I need to go in on a daily basis that I walk with and in the Lord based on what I've received. And that walking on a daily basis is first going to be challenging, but then it just becomes natural. Why? Because if we keep reading that passage, it says, rooted and built up in him. So, rooted is one. We just had a retreat over the last weekend. Um, first time we've had it for a group of people who started their ministry 20 years ago, who were still at university at that time, and their lives have moved on. It was called the Acorn Meeting. And that was because it's, it's like a seed, goes into the ground, those roots go in, you are rooted in Him, but that's not enough. Being rooted in Christ just means we are then made bigger. We are built up in Him. Being rooted in Christ means that we can be built up and we can grow on a daily basis. And the deeper the roots and the stronger the roots, the more we can grow. We, we often want the visible parts of our life to be flourishing and beautiful. We look at people and, um, you know, we look at the saints. We listen to the synaxarium of every liturgy. And we think, yes, I want to be like this saint. We don't realize, like most buildings, I'm pretty sure I've heard this somewhere, that you sometimes need almost as much in terms of foundation under the ground than above the ground. 
because that's what keeps it. And so likewise with these trees, you sometimes look at their roots and to be able to anchor this massive tree, if you know, those of you who have been to our, to our center, we have oak trees there that are, you know, hundreds of years old and they're huge. So if you imagine what enables this tree with this height to withstand windstorms and to withstand even just its own weight means that it has significant and strong roots. The other thing about those significant and strong roots is the bigger the root, the more powerful it is and the bigger an anger, anchor, but it's also the more nourishment it could take in. Because the bigger the tree gets, the more nourishment it needs. The, the older we get, the more publicly involved we get, the more visible we become, the more engaged we are, the more we need to be nourished. Because otherwise, you know, you, you, it's, it's, as long, it's okay as if you're a sapling. You know, if you're a little sapling like this, if you get a windstorm, it's never going to touch you. But the higher you get, the taller you get, the more prominent you get, the more that storm really probably only targets you. Or at least it feels like that. And the more prominent you are, the more visible you become, the bigger a target you are. And so the more grounding, the more rooting you need. And that's what we need to do. We need to be established in Him, rooted in Him, but built up in Him as well. And built up purely in Him. We can't have any other source of nourishment. We can't have anything else that's foreign to us. We're, you know, it's interesting when you look medically at, at transplant operations. And it's, it's, it's a miracle of life that sometimes there's rejection. And why is there rejection? Because suddenly the body feels that there's a foreign organ, that, that, that there's something that doesn't belong there. So it says, no, out, don't defile me, don't, don't come into this body, or do you, belong, you don't belong there, and, and do anything to me. So you reject, and it has to be offset medically. The same thing happens with us when we're first living our lives and we're living spiritually. Sometimes we get negative things coming into our lives, challenging things, and first, our first instinct is to reject them because they just don't belong. And that's, that's our conscience. My conscience says to me, no, 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 that doesn't belong in your life. Don't accept that. The problem is, however, that when it's left there for long enough, I can actually desensitize my, my conscience. I can do to my conscience what is done to the body to allow it to accept this new organ of saying, it's okay, it's fine, it's all right, it's okay. A little bit foreign, but it's fine. It'll be okay. I hope my medical, hope my medical stuff's all right. But, but um, you know, it, it'll be okay. And you sort of ease it into the process. And suddenly you have this foreign presence in your life that has no place being there. But of course, unlike the body accepting the organ, 
your conscience was right. And because your conscience was right, it was right to reject it. But because we force it, and God leaves us with that freedom, we're sort of told, well, okay, it's there. And that grafting becomes part of who we are. It, it may always look a bit odd, but it's there as part of us. The beauty, however, in us as humans, and not being trees, is that even if we adopt this foreign body, even if it grows as part of us, even if it puts roots down, it can always be cast out through repentance and through confession. That's the beautiful thing. There is never a finality to sin in our lives. It, it doesn't ever take such control of us that it just has no solution. Unless we let it, unless we leave it. There is always a way to combat it. And that's why, you know, as an Orthodox Church, having the sacraments in our lives, having repentance, confession, the Eucharist, having those things that give us a real engagement with God sacramentally, means that we can be rid of all those things. If we go on to Colossians 2.8, we then read a warning. Be, beware lest anyone cheat you through philosophy or empty deceit according to the traditions of men. Now, the first two verses speak to us about being rooted and built up in Christ. And the significance of that is we receive what is true, what empowers us to live as we should. But then we're warned that be careful, because you might receive that, you might be rooted in Christ, you might be founded in Him, but there will be those who will try to cheat you. And in the words of Colossians 2.8, through philosophy and empty deceit, according to the tradition of men. And right here, I suddenly remember Daniel. Daniel the prophet, when he first went into the king's court, and they wanted to feed him and his colleagues of the delicacies of the king's table and his wine and educate them in this new culture, he rejected it and he said that he would not defile himself with those things. They were good things. Surely, look at, if you look at the tragic pictures of, of refugees coming from the Middle East, that's exactly what happened to those who left Jerusalem. They were refugees. Now, at the time, they weren't just accepted. They were taken into the king's court. They selected the best of them, and they took them into the king's court to educate them. So it's almost like, okay, they've come here, and suddenly they're handpicked, and they go into Buckingham Palace or 10 Downing Street. 
And there was an attempt to educate them in that particular culture or have them engage in that particular lifestyle. But they said no. They did not want to be deceived. And the plan was clear. They wanted to absorb them into that new culture so they could leave theirs behind. And the world does the same thing to us now. The world says, here, take, take this food, take this drink, take this prominence, take this position, take these possessions. Take these things that, that, that give you a sense of meaning and belonging, a, a sense of, of uh, presence. And we're supposed to reject them. Why? Because they become foreign to us. They're not according to the traditions of God. They're not according to his faith. But they're according to the traditions of men. They're according to that lifestyle. No. Deceit comes in various shapes and forms. Deceit is sometimes very blatant very obvious, and sometimes it's very discreet. And the most dangerous deceit is the most discreet. Because we all pride, on ourse pride ourselves on being able to pick up the blatant deceit. If I were to come in and say to you, these lights are off, but they're actually on, that's easy. But if I were to come and give you something slightly less apparent, something that's more concealed, something that sounds like it would be plausible, and something that maybe is just a little bit off what we believe, but it takes us down a very different path. We'll accept it. It'll become part of us. We'll believe it. Ava John, in the Book of Desert Fathers, says, So it is, when the Holy Spirit descends into the heart of men, that they are renewed and they, are, they put forth leaves in the fear of God. There are very different leaves. These leaves in the fear of God are very different to the deceptive leaves of the fig tree that our Lord himself cursed. Why? Because these are leaves that flourish out of the presence of the godly spirit and God himself in our lives. And we can tell, you know, we're always, we're always in, this, in this position of, you know, why, why do good things happen to bad people? Why do people who don't believe or who, who are deceptive or who will do all kinds of things in the workplace, why do they do well? Why are they successful? And you look at it and you think, well, they're leaves as well. They have leaves. And those leaves are flourishing. 
But what's important is not the leaf, it's the fruits. I've gone from medicine, now I'm going to talk about horticulture. Quite, a, quite an adventure today. A, a fruit-bearing tree. What is the difference between the leaves and the fruit on that tree? Very simple. The leaves just provide cover, whereas the fruits actually within them carry the seeds that bring forth new trees. So it's not important just to have leaves, but it is important to have fruits. And we as Christians, when we think of the fruits, we think of the fruits of the Holy Spirit, which are not attainable unless you are living a godly life. So you could be sitting right next to your colleague at work, and you're both wonderfully leafy trees. Really weird image, right? Let's just go with it. Wonderfully leafy trees, but you will only be fruitful if you are godly. And that's the difference, because those leaves over time wither and they die. Just look outside, it's autumn at the moment. You look at the amount of leaves, as beautiful as they looked on the tree, and sometimes as beautiful as they look even when they're fallen, but they have fallen. And what happens to them? They rot. Because they're no longer attached. Whereas when the fruits are there, what happens to the fruits? First and foremost, they nourish others. And then the seeds within them become a rooting for more fruits from more trees. And that's the Christian message. The Christian message is when you are built up in Christ, when you are founded in Him and rooted in Him and anchored in Him, you don't just grow into a leafy tree, you grow into a fruitful tree. And the fruits are God's work in us. Those fruits are visible and they are well known. If we read Ephesians 4.14, we read that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men in the cunning craftiness of the deceitful plotting. Right? So, so once we become those trees that are leafy, they look good, People see your good works, but they're also fruitful. They can taste of that work, and they glorify God. But because of all that, we're no longer tossed to and fro. We're actually anchored. We are founded. It's a blessing for us to be those trees. It's a blessing for us to be part of that whole process. And God knows that the world needs that right now. It becomes thoroughly depressing, alarming to watch the news at the moment. Because 
everything is just so despicable. But we forget. We forget gatherings like this. So, yes, I'm sure lots of evil has happened around this area today. But this is a beautiful thing. I'm sure there was a mass here this morning. I'm sure people walked in to pray. And I'm sure people who were vulnerable walked in and found refuge. I'm sure that people did good deeds out on the street by helping someone across the road or giving someone something they needed. There's so much good that's happening. Charities are working. Good people are working. There's a lot of wonderful work in the world. But we don't see it. Sometimes we don't see it because the bad is much louder and much more vibrant. And of course, the way we deal with our media at the moment and the way we're obsessed by it means that we do obsess over those things. We're constantly open to and violated by all these things. But it just means that we need to be more vibrant. The more intense the darkness, the more intense the light needs to be. So imagine being in this church, it's daylight, so you're fine. Light is flooding in through these windows. And then as the day progresses and it gets darker, and at the moment it's about 2 o'clock in the afternoon, you need a few lights on. Then it gets darker and a few more lights on. When it's like this and it's pitch black outside, you need all the lights on. This is the way the world becomes sometimes. But be assured that it's not going to stay this dark forever. Because tomorrow morning, the light will be out again. So there will be times of abject darkness in the world. In your world. In the world around you. So, with your family, with your friends, with your colleagues, in your workplace, in where you study, in your community, sometimes there'll be that darkness. And you just need to be a greater light and be surrounded by greater light and give a greater presence to greater light. But it's never, ever going to be for good because there's always a dawn. And with dawn comes new light and comes new hope. It's just when we focus on the difficulties in the world, we forget these fruits. We forget that we are rooted in something so much deeper. We forget that we're not going to be tossed to and fro because those roots that we have help us. We, we take nourishment from God, but we also take nourishment from one another in the fellowship of the body of Christ. We take strength from one another. We defend each other. We protect each other. We support each other. And of course, there will be some who won't. Let's, let's not be idealistic here. There will be some even from those who are closest to you, who will sometimes cause you the greatest pain. But that doesn't matter.
because there are others around you who also give you a sense of healing. What we need to do is carry each other at those times. And the only way we do that is by being founded in Christ, anchored in Him, nourished by Him, fruitful in Him. Because just as we go through those very difficult times, others around us will go through those difficult times as well, and they will need us to nourish them. But be careful that you don't fall into two extreme camps. Do not be the person who is always just nourishing others, and do not be the person who is always just being nourished by others. Because one brings a sense of burden and resentment, and the other brings a sense of selfishness and self-centeredness. And they're both destructive. I shouldn't be there thinking that the world revolves around me. But I also shouldn't be there thinking that there is no one around me who can support and who can help. Today we've shared this message, we've shared these words. Today we have hope that we are rooted and grounded. We have knowledge that we're part of something that is much bigger and stronger. And we have an understanding that the things that are provided for us are provided that we may be nourished, but also we may be fruitful and present hope and light and strength to the world, and glory be to God forever. Amen.